Letter twenty seven of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Pamela, volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty seven. My dearest Miss Darnford, the interest I take in everything that concerns you makes me very importunate to know how you approve the gentleman whom some of your best friends and well-wishers have recommended to your favour i hope he will deserve your good opinion and then he must excel most of the unmarried gentlemen in england your papa in his humorous manner mentions his large possessions and riches but were he as rich as croesus he should not have my consent if he has no greater merit though that is what the generality of parents look out for first and indeed an easy fortune is so far from being to be disregarded that when attended with equal merit i think it ought to have a preference given to it supposing affections disengaged for it is certain that a man or woman may stand as good a chance for happiness in marriage with a person of fortune as with one who has not that advantage and notwithstanding i had neither riches nor descent to boast of i must be of opinion with those who say that they never knew anybody despise either that had them but to permit riches to be the principal inducement to the neglect of superior merit that is the fault which many a one smarts for whether the choice be their own or imposed upon them by those who have a title to their obedience here is a saucy body might some who have not miss darnford's kind consideration for her friend be apt to say who being thus meanly descended nevertheless presumes to give her opinion in these high cases unasked but i have this to say that i think myself so entirely divested of partiality to my own case that as far as my judgment shall permit i will never have that in view when i am presuming to hint my opinion of general rules for most surely the honours i have received and the debasement to which my best friend has subjected himself have for their principal excuse that the gentleman was entirely independent had no questions to ask and had a fortune sufficient to make himself as well as the person he chose happy though she brought him nothing at all and that he had moreover such a character for good sense and knowledge of the world that nobody could impute to him any other inducement but that of a noble resolution to reward a virtue he had so frequently and i will say so wickedly tried but could not subdue my dear miss let me as a subject very pleasing to me touch upon your kind mention of the worthy mr peters's sentiment to that part of his conduct to me which oppressed by the terrors and apprehensions to which i was subjected once i censured and the readier as i had so great an honour for his cloth that i thought to be a clergyman and all that was compassionate good and virtuous was the same thing but when i came to know mr peters i had a high opinion of his worthiness and as no one can be perfect in this life thus i thought to myself how hard was then my lot to be the cause of stumbling to so worthy a heart to be sure a gentleman 
one who knows and practices so well his duty in every other instance and preaches it so efficaciously to others must have been one day sensible that it would not have misbecome his function and character to have afforded that protection to oppressed innocence which was requested of him and how would it have grieved his considerate mind had my ruin been completed that he did not but as he had once a namesake as one may say that failed in a much greater instance let not my want of charity exceed his fault but let me look upon it as an infirmity to which the most perfect are liable i was a stranger to him a servant girl carried off by her master a young gentleman of violent and lawless passions who in this very instance showed how much in earnest he was set upon effecting all his vile purposes and whose heart although god might touch it was not probable any lesser influence could then he was not sure that though he might assist my escape i might not afterwards fall again into the hands of so determined a violator and that difficulty would not with such a one enhance his resolution to overcome all obstacles moreover he might think that the person who was moving him to this unworthy measure possibly sought to gratify a view of his own and that while endeavouring to save to outward appearance a virtue in danger he was in reality only helping another to a wife at the hazard of exposing himself to the vindictiveness of a violent temper and a rich neighbour who had power as well as will to resent for such was his apprehension entirely groundless as it was though not improbable as it might seem to him for all these considerations i must pity rather than too rigorously censure the worthy gentleman and i will always respect him and thank him a thousand times my dear in my name for his goodness in condescending to acknowledge by your hand his infirmity as such for this gives an excellent proof of the natural worthiness of his heart and that it is beneath him to seek to extenuate a fault when he thinks he has committed one indeed my dear friend I have so much honor for the clergy of all degrees that I never forget in my prayers one article that God will make them shining lights to the world since so much depends on their ministry and examples as well with respect to our public as private duties nor shall the faults of a few make impression upon me to the disadvantage of the order for I am afraid a very censorious temper in this respect is too generally the indication of an uncharitable and perhaps a profligate heart levelling characters in order to cover some inward pride or secret enormities which they are ashamed to avow and will not be instructed to amend forgive my dear this tedious scribble i cannot for my life write short letters to those i love and let me hope that you will favour me with an account of your new affair and how you proceed in it and with such of your conversations as may give me some notion of a polite courtship for alas your poor friend knows nothing of this all her courtship was sometimes a hasty snatch of the hand a black and blue gripe of the arm and whither now come to me when i bid you and saucy face and creature and such like on his part with fear and trembling on mine and i will i will good sir have mercy at other times a scream 
and nobody to hear or mind me and with uplift hands bent knees and tearful eyes for god's sake pity your poor servant this my dear miss darnford was the hard treatment that attended my courtship pray then let me know how gentlemen court their equals in degree how they look when they address you with their knees bent sighing supplicating and all that as sir simon says with the words slave servant admirer continually at their tongue's end but after all it will be found i believe that be the language and behaviour ever so obsequious it is all designed to end alike the english the plain english of the politest address is i am now dear madam your humble servant pray be so good as to let me be your master yes and thank you too says the lady's heart though not her lips if she likes him and so they go to church together and in conclusion it will be happy if these obsequious courtships end no worse than my frightful one but i am convinced that with a man of sense a woman of tolerable prudence must be happy that whenever you marry it may be to such a man who then must value you as you deserve and make you happy as i now am notwithstanding all that's past wishes and praise your obliged friend and servant p b n b although miss darnford could not receive the above letter so soon as to answer it before others were sent to her by her fair correspondent yet we think it not amiss to dispense with the order of time that the reader may have the letter and answer at one view and shall on other occasions take the like liberty end of letter twenty seven